one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering subreddits for salt. This is The Howling Salt Mine. It's The Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Hey, everybody. And welcome to the Howling Salt Mine podcast. This is a podcast where we delve into the Magic the Gathering subreddits. We are looking for the saltiest posts, the posts that discuss table politics, table frustrations, issues in pods. And we're pulling up those salty gems and we're talking about them. Maybe we're telling some jokes. Maybe we're giving out some good advice. Uh, Maybe we do neither of those things. I'm your host, Sam. And as always, I'm here with my co-host, Mike. Say hi, Mike. Hello, hello. And this week, Tony is still traveling all over Europe. That bastard. So, of course, we have brought in our guest host for this week, Nick, our fourth from our pod. Nick, say hey, man. Hey, man. What up, what up, what up? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Glad to have you on, Nick. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Uh, having me. This is uh, this should be fun. I'm excited. Ready for the salt. This is our first time having a returning guest, so we aren't going to interview you. Oh. Everyone mm-hmm. already knows That's everything. That's too bad. Yeah, there's just nothing uh, new. They especially know a lot about me because you guys only talk about me behind my back. So there's also <laughs> that. <laughs> So, yeah, they know about they know about that time you scooped to the psych rift, how your Neheb deck right. crushed us for 20 fucking games in a row. Literally <laughs> like just choking on his beverage. Indefensible. Like I don't even get to like say my side of the story. You guys just shit on me for every episode. I don't think there's a single episode where I haven't been uh mentioned as the the mythical fourth member. We're saving that for a special. <laughs> yeah. In my defense, that Neheb comment was also a compliment. That oh, you crushed for us sure. for so many games in a row. And that is true. We have the stats to prove it. Nick wrecked our shit for like, <laughs> oh my God. It was that Neheb deck, man. I love it. Mono Red. God, maybe. it's such a good deck. Mono Red is where it's at. A lot of fun. Yeah, it's amazing. Didn't you at one point change it to Atali because you were worried about it stomping us? Did you change it back or do I have that order mixed up? Uh, I think at one point I just did like a fun swap where I didn't change anything else, but I just put... Atali in the command zone for the hell right. of it for a couple games just to, still strong. Just to try it out. Yeah, yeah still, it was still, still super works. good. Turns out a deck that is designed to ramp out mana and then use large spells uh, doesn't really care too much if the commander is one good commander versus another good commander. <laughs> Shocking. So, so this is a podcast. Like I said, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about salt. We're gonna be getting into these salty posts and kind of deconstructing them a little bit, talking about some of the situations going on here, talking about some of the salty moments and, and, you know, trying to just kind of see how we feel about it and sort of give our takes on these situations. But Sam, I've never played a video game and I don't know how (laughs) culture works. Can you please explain to me what the food (laughs) topping has to do with our subject today? (laughs) Yes. So protracted. <laughs> so protracted. Uh, why, yes, Nick, I can answer that. So when we talk about salt, what do we mean? Well, what we mean is frustrations in the game. You know, salt is kind of this feeling. It's like a heat in your chest. It's uh, it's the tears behind your lids. It's the clenching of your butt cheeks on your gamer chair. Salt is that thing that just makes you frustrated in the game. Someone is dropping a Thassa's Oracle in a power level four pod. You're going to be salty. Someone is doing some mass land destruction in a power level. Any, anything. (laughs) You're going to feel salty. Someone is staxing you out and you can't do anything about it because your deck has no interaction in it because you're a bad deck builder. You're going to feel salty. That's really what salt is. It's just the frustration of the game. Sometimes frustrations with the situations, the cards you might see, the players you might face, how those players react. Sometimes you're salty. Sometimes your opponents are salty. Sometimes your opponents are so salty, it makes you salty. Wow, I've said salty a lot. Speaking of protracted. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) So anyways, 
let's get into it, guys, shall we? Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, let's do it. Let's get on. Let's dip on down into this mine here. Our first post comes to us from the Monday morning thread. This is one of our favorite threads on the entire EDH subreddit. This is where people go to quote vent about your playgroup troubles. Hmm. Release that vent. Release it right into our mouths. <laughs> That's aggressive. <laughs> that is way too aggressive. No, thank you. It's all staying in. Just none of this is getting cut. Put it near me Outtakes. so I can look at it, but I, I don't want it in my in my mouth, please. You venting your playgroup troubles is the delicious vape that we blow hot <laughs> cotton off of. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Why do you know enough about vape culture to be able to use? Have you a looked piece at Sam? Lingo? That does not surprise me at all. <laughs> this is a cry for help. Uh, I smoked hookah in college. I'm very cool. (laughs) So anyways, we're digressing so far. This is from the Monday Morning Post. And this comes to us from a few weeks back. And this is from user The Mighty Battle Squid. Lovely name. If you guys see The Mighty Battle Squid around on the subreddits, you know, give them an upvote. Spread a little bit of that goodwill. You can even say something like, hey, Mighty Battle Squid, what's cracking? Mm. Oh my God, Nick. I'm on point today. I'm such a sucker for those puns. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a follow-up. I'm just combo breaker. (laughs) And the post reads, one of the regulars of my playgroups has been targeting the ever-living mess out of me long past the point of reasonable for the past three game nights. I'm taking full spite plays even when he's about to lose to me or a third player, just so he can help guarantee I won't win. I've talked to him about this both without and then with others to air things out and try to resolve it. But all that's accomplished is finding out that the reason is over eight games ago, speaking louder because this is all caps, he got knocked out first from an attack by me and he's still salty over it. Everyone has told him, The more he explains his side about that game, the less people can understand where he's coming from, but that doesn't deter him. Some examples of what he said in his defense, I'm doing air quotes, in his defense. One, he bragged beforehand that he had won all three prior games too easily because people didn't focus him, but he doesn't understand why that made him a target of the whole table. Two, he was going to win the next turn if I hadn't knocked him out. Again, he doesn't understand why that's bad. (laughs) Three, he wasn't the biggest threat because someone else won after he lost. C2 and wonder what the fuck he's going on like I am. (laughs) Four, he had removal in hand to hit something the guy who ended up winning had, which is how he would have won on that turn. I'm just about to say fuck it and refuse to join in games with him until he grows the fuck up because it's just ridiculous. It isn't a four-player game at this point, nor is it fun. I had to start multiple games with my hand revealed and three cards discarded because he's been playing Grixis Control, but with lots of targeted hate all directed at me, even after I'm top decking and my commander is uncastable. Hmm. I don't know what's going on with that sentence. He's just saying that he's getting targeted by this guy while this guy plays Grixis stuff and just throws it all at him. I want to be nice and understandable, but I'm not sacrificing another game night to this bullshit. End post. I'm really glad Tony's not here. <laughs> uh, yeah, the king of the, the grudge. The king of the grudge. Has left his throne exactly. abandoned. He doesn't get to try and defend this guy. Dude, I mean, this playgroup sounds, or, or not this playgroup, but this person in particular just sounds toxic. Like, I don't know what the situation is with the other members of the playgroup, but like, I would be looking to just boot that person, depending on like how close they are. Totally. If you've talked to him enough about it and you've brought up your concerns and you've had other people also bring up those same concerns, so like that that seems grounds for divorce to me. It's interesting because the OP here, the Mighty Battle Squid, talks about how they have approached this person individually, which is a great way to do it. Hey, like, don't want to make you feel weird. Let's have a private conversation. And with the group, much like an intervention, to basically be like, hey, like, what is going on here? Eight games ago... You know, we, we talk about our pod dynamics frequently. We play weekly, right? Eight games ago, you know, we play weekly. Maybe we get two to three games in. Eight weeks ago is like potentially three to four weeks. 
like a whole month you've been harboring a grudge. I don't remember what I had for breakfast last week, man. Like, <laughs> that's, that's insane. I bet you Tony does, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the game's about sitting down with like three friends and playing. And this just sounds like one of those points where you're sitting down with two friends and this other third guy that's being a real jerk. You know, <laughs> I think to Nick's point, like this is definitely the moment where if you realize you're, you're playing with someone that's not your friend, maybe, maybe change that. Especially if you're in like a regular group, you don't want this bringing down your table for a long time into the future. Totally. You know, I think that there's also this element here, obviously with, with all of these things that they've said in their defense, there's this huge element of not being aware of what puts pressure on players in a game, right? Mm. And, and not really being aware of like that sort of dynamic of power shifting in a game and kind of what like makes you lose a game and things like that. Like to, to say, hey, I'm not the biggest threat because that guy's about to win, but I will win right after him. It's like, well, you're kind of an equal threat, right? Like that lack of awareness, I think, speaks a lot to what's going on here. You know, one of the things I, I believe in Magic when you're playing Commander in particular, right, is, is being the second most powerful player at the table is like the winningest position. Totally. And this person seems like they just cruise on into first and then don't even think about the repercussions of that and then get really salty when they get beaten back because they're like basically becoming arch enemy without... <laughs> Having the like thought be like, hey, maybe, maybe I should tone it back a little bit so I don't get targeted. Yeah, this piece about him bragging beforehand <laughs> yeah. because he had won three prior games. He was like, hey, I won those three games so easily because you guys didn't focus me. And then they play and he's like, whoa, why are you focusing? Like, <laughs> you literally just told us what to do right. so that situation doesn't happen again. Like, of course, we're going to do that. It's just a bummer. You know, it's, it's a shame to, uh, to hear this kind of salt going on. You know, I think we put a lot of care into our pods dynamic, where our power levels are at. We talk, we're talking about it all the time. What kind of decks we want to be playing, what kind of strategies we want to be bringing into our play group. Like we put effort as a pod into making sure we're all having like a balanced and fun experience. And even then we still have moments where it's unbalanced. Yeah. So to have someone in your pod that is so carelessly approaching that and not really giving a shit about the the dynamic of the play group or the experience that other people are having. I mean, it, it's just kind of a bummer to hear. Cause I think that if you really do put the time and effort in, everybody can, can sculpt their own fantastic play group and really be getting that experience they want every week after week. One of the things I like that we do that maybe, maybe others can take away. Uh, we do a really great job of doing like the after action debrief, right? Hey, that was an interesting game. Let's talk about like, and it's not like as formal Definitely. as that, but like we always, almost always end up like spending maybe 15, 20 minutes after the game is over talking through like, oh, wow, this thing happened. Like, oh, I couldn't get my lands out. Like, yeah, you were really salty. And like part of that, I think, is our, our kind of record keeping that, that Sam does with the, mm -hmm. the spreadsheet to kind of like fill in all the boxes and the categories on that. But like <laughs> those discussions usually allow a lot of with the exception of Tony, allow a lot of the, the heat to kind of burn away a bit before the next game starts. Yeah. So I think that that might be something that might be too far gone for this play group, but something others could certainly take. Giving that moment of pause between games to say like, all right, we're going to talk through about what happened, what we liked, mm -hmm. what we didn't like. I, I think that might be a good takeaway here. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, I, I do that stuff in the middle of a game sometimes. Like <laughs> one of the funny parts about playing remotely is, you know, I can be dead on board or like stuck with just nothing to do and i'll just spend the time making memes to send in the chat like if i was getting targeted <laughs> by this grixis player i'd be sending like that britney spears like i oh, just man. came out here to have fun should we, them, should we introduce people to sending bad fake text amongst players because that's <laughs> oh man yeah definitely yeah I... so so one of the one of the ongoing jokes that we have in our pod is so basically there are all these websites where you can craft a fake text you can put in like timestamps. you can put in you know who's sending it and who's receiving it the cell network yeah the cell <laughs> network like you could add in all these funny details and basically you know <laughs> so what we'll do is we'll craft these fake texts like there'll be a situation where i will be like hey nick uh you know can we make like a political deal like don't target me or something like that and i'm gonna I, I won't remove your game piece and he's like okay you know whatever let's make this deal then mike is gonna craft this fake text 
that is a text from Nick to him that says, hey, I'm not going to keep that deal. I can't wait to remove <laughs> Sam's piece. And he'll post it into the Discord chat. And it is just so funny every single time. Like, it's such a simple little joke, but God, it kills us, man. I, I, I love it. Just the other night, I had one of my biggest salt moments that I'd had in a long time oh. uh, where we were playing CDH. And I don't usually get salty playing generally you usually get salty period yeah 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 you don't really get salty period you get the quiet salt where if <laughs> mike hasn't talked in 20 minutes i know he's like frustrated well this day i was not quiet about it because i got completely smoked by marath being on the board and yeah. <laughs> uh, i went i flew too close to the sun got too low on life and realized that finishing the combo would require just being in burn range so you know like you can get some of that salt out by going and crafting your search history of like how to beat Naya Dex, like <laughs> hard morale counters. And then, and then posting that. that search history in the group chat. Like oh, if nothing else, it's something to do while you're completely out of the game. So I, th I think, you know, this one player that's just being a, whole, a real stick in the mud, if they're going to listen, the advice to them would be, you know, take a little bit of levity and getting focused or in having something go poorly. Like it's always going to happen. So you got to find the best in it. The secret ingredient is memes. Yeah, the secret yeah, ingredient. Yeah, cope with memes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're kind of getting a little rambly in some of our own like group dynamics, but the, the takeaway here is that there are ways to assess salt after a game so that they don't carry over to the next game. Some of those are talking it out, like what went wrong? What was making you salty in that game? Was it a bad keep at the beginning? Was it just like your deck not working? Were, were you feeling unfairly targeted? And that's something to talk about too. Like, were there other threats on the board at that time that, that you saw as bigger threats? You know, like you can talk through that stuff and kind of get other people's perspectives. And then the other side is levity, man. Like there's, there's nothing better when you're feeling salty is to just like try to craft it into a joke, trying to turn it into something that your friends can laugh at. And then it just kind of lightens the mood and you're not left in that like sulky feeling you know kind of busts you out of that cycle of, of just feeling like shit so what are we thinking for an overall salt rating uh this is a, a big old slab of bacon on this one this is nice <laughs> salty you know smoke cured pork bacon mm -hmm. <laughs> this is incredibly salty this is like uh i don't have a great metaphor <laughs> <laughs> and many times I don't, but this is, this is just the salt that keeps on salting. You know, this person got salty eight games ago, again, potentially up to three to four weeks. If they're playing at the same frequency as us to have that kind of grudge that you're carrying for so long and to just to keep giving it back to that person. Generally, if I got a grudge and I give it back to Nick in one game, it's done. Eye for an eye. It's not I for eight of your eyes, you know, <laughs> like, like I'm not, I'm not just keep coming back to your, your corpse and trying to take eyes out of it after <laughs> I've already stabbed you in the head. I don't know. It, this is super, super salty. This is just so beyond like, let it go, man. Have a little bit more self-awareness. Listen to your play group. If your play group is coming to you like this. Yeah. God, I hope you listen. Cause that's no longer someone being like, Hey, you're making me feel weird in the game. Those are your friends coming to you and saying, hey, something is wrong with our friendship right now. Can we chat about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a saltiness that could ruin an entire play group, which is which is a, a shaking level of of salt that we don't see. This is a salt quake going on. This is Ooh, this salt is big. quake. Yeah. So I, I hope this works out for them, though. You know, I think one strong conversation of, look, if we're not having fun playing this and I'm not going to spend my time playing a game that I'm not going to have fun playing, I think one good conversation like that might mm -hmm. have, you know, hopefully, hopefully gets them on the right track. It's hard to do this, especially with good friends. But I do think that there may be a conversation here about like, hey, maybe you can't keep playing with us if this keeps happening. You know, I, I've had those conversations with like Dungeons and Dragons groups where people are just not vibing with the group and it's not a good feel. And really what this game is about at the end of the day is the enjoyment of a group of friends. Uh, at, at least that's what it means for us, you know, for our group. And, and it sounds like this is what the Mighty Battle Squid wants for their group as well. So just something to keep in mind, you know. Th those situations are tough though. And I hope the mighty battle squid can figure this out because that kind of stuff is tough, but hopefully it works out. Best of luck. Best of yeah, luck, definitely. mighty battle squid. May you 
destroy many sperm whales deep down in the ocean with your mighty arms. <laughs> All eight of them. All eight of your beautiful arms. That's or, why he's or six. That's why he's of six arms. Ten. 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 Oh, but, God. but that's why this this player just needs to go two more rounds. They need eye for eye for eye. Ten. They just need ten. ten. Once they're trying to get all, the all their arms, then they'll be good. Do you think they run a group hug deck? <laughs> if not, mono blue with like big fish win cons. I bet Battle Squid has a uh, Leviathan Yeah, Mike, tell stick. us all about big fish win cons in a yeah. mono blue deck. <laughs> I was more on the whale side, honestly. <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, Sam, what else do you have for us? Oh, I got another one right here. Uh, and this one actually comes to us as a response to one of our Reddit posts that we put out a few weeks ago. Gosh, it's a few weeks now. Um, and this one comes to us from user chief officer. And this is when we were asking about salty stories. So when people were feeling salty and when people were dishing out salt. So this person says, chief officer says, most salty experience for me playing against a Muldrotha player who kept returning smokestack from the graveyard every time we <laughs> removed it. Absolutely miserable experience. Most salt I've dished out, buckle up for this, during a big eight-man game with my friends, I thought it would be hilarious and game-winning to cast Decree of Annihilation. Yes. That was the first and last game ever playing the card. I conceded after it resolved, packed up my deck thinking everyone else would too, just trying to end the game. Then everyone just kept playing with no hand, no permanence on the field. Everyone was just silent, smiling sadly. It was a long game. <laughs> hey, hey, Sam, can you uh, remind us real quick what those cards do? I would love to, Nick. So Smokestack is a four-cost artifact. And it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may put a soot counter on smokestack. At the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player sacrifices a permanent for each soot counter on smokestack. So smokestack is a great card. Well, smokestack, smokestack, smokestack is, is a, a card, card <laughs> in a Muldrotha deck because Muldrotha has the ability to uh, cast cards from your graveyard, one of each permanent type, basically each turn. So if Smokestack does get removed, you can just recast it from your graveyard, keep that sacrifice train going. Decree of Annihilation is a 10 mana sorcery, costs eight colorless and two red. It says, remove all artifacts, creatures, lands, graveyards, and hands from the game. It also has a cycling ability for five colorless and two red. When you cycle it, you destroy all lands. So it's either MLD or like Yokel Hops. Yokel Hops. It doesn't hit enchantments. The, the Super Friends player was probably stoked. Yeah. Or the but... enchantments player. <laughs> yeah. Any enchantress yeah. deck. I mean, I, I ran I ran Decree of Annihilation, Yokel Hops in my Mogus deck. And that deck was specifically Oops All Enchantments, where you basically get out enough pain enchantments and then wipe the board and nobody can get rid of them. Oh, Usually, yeah. if you were smart, most people just conceded after that because there's not really a point of playing on. I think we covered those in a uh, unaired episode of the podcast that you know maybe comes out someday. But yep. I think we we might have to revisit them on some non lost episode because yeah we, we talked about some <laughs> of those situations. That was yeah. no, yet another episode where we talked about <laughs> the getting book. smoked by Nick. Smoked by Nick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Yokel Hops and Decree of Annihilation are unfortunately locked in uh, what we would call a lost episode. When that episode finally, if it ever airs, we will talk about why it's lost, uh, but just know that we would love to post it. It's great. <laughs> so with this post, um, this situation, Muldrotha player recurring smokestack, that sounds fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah. That's a scoopable situation for me. At, like a few rounds of that, as soon as we all try to remove it and then it comes back, I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want to play anymore. That person takes the win. Great job. Let's play a new game. Yeah, I'm really curious the context of when that deck was being played and who was piloting it. Because like, for, for those that don't know, depending on what part of MTG history you read, Smokestack is the origin of stacks. Like that is the yeah. original stacks piece. So that is already a very powerful piece in like what is arguably one of the most powerful commanders 
I'm really curious the context of this. If this was like expected to be like, hey, we're just going to play a casual game, then I'd bam, drop my Muldrotha stacks deck on the board. Or if it was like, hey, we're all going to play high power, be prepared for some shit. You know, yep. like what's the what's the distinction there? Like stacks is no fun to play against no matter what, but recurring it with Muldrotha is definitely pretty, pretty spicy. And just so nobody adds us and mentions it, the other origin of the term stacks comes from the acronym dollar sign T4KS, which looks like stacks, which is shorthand for the $4,000 solution, which is originally a mono white, uh, like land destruction. Um, I'm kind of using the word to define the word land destruction stacks deck. And that spawned many variants of these sort of Armageddon stacks decks and, you know, heavy taxing pieces, limiting resources, all that kind of stuff. And it spun off from there. I knew of a different origin for the term stacks, which was symmetrical taxes. Mm. Ooh, that's a new one. I've, I haven't heard that one. I have heard the the four thousand dollar answer one. Yeah, and I and I've heard the smokestack one, but I've never heard the symmetrical tax one. Though. This might this be an sense. episode like a deep dive. Mm. Yeah, love to find that out. Send us your send us your fake history of why it's called stacks, <laughs> and we'll probably <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> so. How about this eight-person game? Yeah, right? can we talk about that, please? <laughs> I there's my salt. Like that would just entering into that would be salt-inducing <laughs> for me. Just play two four-person games. <laughs> right. You would literally have two pods worth of people. There's no reason that you would need to play an eight-player game. You have two four-person pods. Do they Let's only have like one table that they can't all like work at, or like what? is it like a round table that they can't group off into, or what? Yeah, like that. So story time, I played an eight person game one time. This is at a gaming convention in New England and it was super late at night and they're like, hey, let's play some commander. I was like, yeah, sure. I have my deck. This was maybe, God, seven years ago. Eight people sat down and this game literally went on for like four fucking hours. <laughs> and anytime someone built any kind of board state, they got hit with a board wipe because there's seven other players holding up board wipes, just ready to drop it. Like, even if only two of those players have a board wipe, if someone's like, hey, I'm about to win, it's like, well, I'll just board wipe you. And then, oh my God, dude, I ended up just leaving after <laughs> like four hours. And I should have left after two. It was miserable. And honestly, it turned me off from Commander for like five years. And I owe <laughs> I owe it all to Tony for getting me back into it because uh, he really reached out to me and he was like, hey, man, like you got to give it another shot. I was like, Commander fucking sucks, man. It's four-hour <laughs> games. I don't want to play that shit. I don't want to do that ever. And he was like, no, no, no. It can be really fun. Like, come on, let's do it. But holy shit, man. Eight, eight-person games, never. Five-person games, I don't even want to do that. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Sam, what about an eight-person game where someone resolves a decree of annihilation? What do you think about that? Oh my God. I would scoop. I would scoop along with chief officer here. I would be like, yes, you did end the game. Maybe you didn't win, but you did free us all from this terrible, <laughs> terrible prison. <laughs> I, I love the, the solemn honor of just saying, well, I guess I'm top decking now and just plodding <laughs> along. <laughs> like anyone that's got the resilience to just keep at it at that point, I'm all for it. Smiling sadly too. <laughs> yeah. Just, just I can just picture this table just looking up at chief officer with like a sad smile. And they're like, well, I guess we got to start from nothing like, oh, God, guys yeah please don't nothing says don't resolve this card again like sitting watching seven of your friends play another three hours yeah. of a commander game just crying i think there's an interesting point with the the massive games like that both in length and in player number which is like people still view commander as this massive kind of board game event where you're sitting down and you're playing one game for you know multiple hours mm -hmm. you know even potentially even longer right depending on the play group i personally can't stand that you know at a certain point i'd rather just concede and start over uh but yeah. i've you know posted on reddit mistakenly a few times a bit like hey game should be shorter and everyone's like no 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 we gotta play long <laughs> games only it's only fun if we get to hour three and turn 15 it's like oh my god please no stop yeah and i think that that does exist for some play groups you know like, like we've talked about that a few times on this show. There is this, uh, I think we called it two sides to a salty coin. 
And the commander community is kind of divided along the edges of this coin, right? And basically part of the commander community wants long games. They want everybody's deck to pop off. They want to be like amassing these big armies, having these crazy board wipe situations, having to rebuild, really having it be kind of like an epic tale uh, for, you know, like two to three hours. And then there's this other side that wants shorter games, high amounts of interaction, and kind of, you know, these faster paced experiences. And there is a bit of salt from one side of the coin to the other. Those players who love the faster games don't want a long game. And the players who want a long game feel kind of like overpowered by the people who want those fast paced games and don't want to play with them either. So it's really kind of this situation where like whatever your group wants to do, that's totally cool. You know, there are these different opinions and people just want to play the game in different ways. People can enjoy however they want. Personally, I don't want to play with eight fucking people. I would rather be dead. Well, and like, <laughs> Whoa, no, no. I, I would rather eat my deck. <laughs> <laughs> One of the criticisms I see uh, from the the long game players to the short game is always like, well, just go play a different format. And it's like, mm. I don't know about that. Like, I don't really want to play a two player format. I'm here for playing the four player format, but you can still play it quickly and build things quickly and then mm -hmm. move on. Like Definitely. it's not moving, just play a different game, like start over. Yeah, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, honestly, because I like 90% of my games to be short and then the the rare game to just be this epic slog because then it feels worth it. It's like, okay, this isn't normal. This just happens to be, oh, do you remember that insane marathon game the other day? I like that, you know, make it a story, not make it every time for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sure. Mike and I are both, you know, we, we mentioned it a lot. I think I say this every fucking episode, but we're about 60% to 40% casual to cdh and and we we love both styles they both bring different things to the table it's very enjoyable and currently this has shifted but currently mike and i are both the stacks players in the group when it comes to cdh so sometimes we'll be like let's do a really fast cdh game and like <laughs> okay turn one rule of law <laughs> or turn one like root maze have fun with all of your artifacts and lands coming in tapped and it's just, and everyone was like, weren't we supposed to play a fast game? And we've had like two hour CDH games, which is an unimaginable slog in the CDH world. And then we've had casual games with not very powerful decks. And those are like 45 minute games, you know, like it, it kind of bounces all over. I wouldn't call Willow Dusk not that powerful, Sam. Yeah, Will Willow, <laughs> fuck that deck, man. That'll be a salty deck tech at some point. Yeah. That, deck, that deck is trash. And Tony... Uh, is to. <laughs> I love you, Tony. I'm sorry. Come back from Italy. I miss you. <laughs> there was definitely a point in our meta where I think it fully swapped where our CEDH games were definitely taking longer than our casual yeah. games were. Yeah. By like a decent amount. And and not just like one-offs too. It was like pretty regular. I think that was when I was playing like Elsha and you were playing... Paco. some stacks decks and stuff like that yeah it was like elsha and paco were both turning into these like mid-range beasts that right. won by like valuing everyone else out it just took like four turns for that to happen but yeah well so how do you guys feel about this post what, what's the salt level here uh I, I mean i think from the from the player's perspective i don't think it was particularly too salty i think the the biggest frustration in my mind has to do with the eight hour game more than anything uh, or sorry, not eight hour, eight player. I, I think that would be my personal salty take, but I, I can understand why playing against a Moltrotha stacks deck would be would be pretty salty. I would say, what what scale do you guys use again? It's like measured in like shakers or something. I forget. <laughs> I'm gonna call this a, a anything a, a quarter shaker, a semi shaker. Mm. Yeah, I think this is a a lightly filled shaker as well. The thing that strikes me about this is you know, they seem to have taken both in good humor it, or it has at least aged into type two fun. They enjoy it after the fact, even if maybe in the moment, both instances were frustrating for them. Definitely. Yeah. I don't think this is a super salty story. I mean, obviously this is very far in hindsight. Like you said, Mike, user chief officer here, they're looking back on these moments and it doesn't really seem to be too salty at this point, but 
if I were at either of these tables, I would be fucking raging, man. Like if someone is bringing back smokestack every single goddamn turn after I've been trying to get rid of it, fuck that game. And yeah. eight person game. First of all, eight person game. Anyways, I'm already, I'm already, my shaker is filling and then decree of annihilation and people keep playing. Like, <laughs> come on, just please stop, you know? Oh, God, please stop. He's already dead. <laughs> this is brutal. I mean, I will say, you know, in the other player's fence, in an eight-player game, playing Decree of Annihilation is not a win, right? Like, it is objectively like, well, you can't kill anybody. You just stopped everybody. So, yeah. I mean, I, I personally would be like, well, that's a cool, like, game over. Let's play again. But eh. Exactly. It, yeah. It's not a win. But it is a way out. Yeah. <laughs> How about another one, guys? Sure, let's do it. Please. So this one comes to us from user some zealot. If you guys see user some zealot on the subreddit, give them an upvote. Did I say that for the last person? You can miss one. I think people get it. Please upvote chief officer, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Please, I swear, please. This post is titled, How Do People Handle Bad Sports? We make a podcast about it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but don't you do that. Please don't compete with us. <laughs> I'll, I'll see your ass in your balls. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me? <laughs> I'll sue your ass and your balls. Sue. Oh, yeah, sue. See. I'll, I, like, I will see. <laughs> How are you going to do that? <laughs> I will pants you in a public place if you try to compete with our podcast. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> we will pants you and tabletop you uh, and ask for your milk money. Uh, well, we'll take it. We won't ask. We'll take it. Maybe the first guy from that play group did. He probably was pantsing people. <laughs> yeah. um, user Some Zealot says, I have three people at my favorite LGS that are bad sports when playing my favorite deck, Morophon Rat Colony. We will explain those in a minute. It's literally 38 rats, three colors to limit myself, and some rat buffing cards with no infinite. Apparently, I'm playing unfairly by having a consistent feed of the same card and that I'm just playing a modern deck. Two of these guys were willing to leave the store and a six-person pod when I joined, solely if I had the rat deck. At this point, I've set the deck aside completely because they keep saying that I'm trash whenever I use that deck. Edit, I previously had 41 rats. At some point, I removed a few for more non-rat cards. The actual number is 38. So before we dig into this one, <laughs> I just want to read uh, what these cards are. Pretty sure you can't have more than one copy of a card in a commander deck, Sam. Isn't that how commander works? Maybe that's why they're so salty. This deck sounds <laughs> illegal. This guy's oh, cheating. Just, just wait. You are going to eat your fucking words, Nick. <laughs> so Rat Colony is a two mana cost rat creature. It is one colorless mana and one black. It says Rat Colony gets plus one plus O for each other rat you control. And it's a two one. And it also says a deck can have any number of cards named Rat Colony. It is one of it. those very few cards where you could have any amount of them in your deck. Nothing fits a rat's deck better than being called trash too. You got to embrace That's a good that. point. Yeah. So you were sitting down to a six person pod and you got two people to leave. Sounds like it's working exactly how you want it to work. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot Before of, a lot of flags here. It, Let me quickly say who Morophon is too, but I totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> Morophon the Boundless is a seven mana, six, six legendary creeper. <laughs> <laughs> legendary creeper. Morophon's a fucking pervert. <laughs> Weirdo. The boundless dude, maybe have some boundaries. <laughs> uh, Morphon the Boundless is a seven mana, six, six legendary creature shapeshifter with the changeling ability. So it's all creature types. And as Morphon the Boundless enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. It has two other abilities. The first is spells of the chosen type you cast cost Wooberg, white, blue, black, red, green, less to cast. So it reduces their mana cost by Wooberg. This effect reduces only the amount of colored mana you pay. 
other creatures you control of the chosen type get plus one plus one. So getting Morphon out, Morphon is basically this big seven mana anthem effect. You're buffing all of the other creatures and you're reducing the colored mana cost. So if you're playing rat colonies, which are one colorless mana and one black, they're only going to cost one colorless. And instead of coming in as a 2-1, your rat colonies are going to come in as a 3-2, and then again, get buffed by every other rat you control. Morphon himself is a rat. So at a base with just a single Morphon and a rat colony, your rat colony is coming in at a 4-2. So you can see how it snowballs out of control, but really doesn't seem crazy. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of a lot of to talk about here. So one, if you're playing in LGS and you have some toxic players, find some other players to play with, right? Like that totally. that seems like a solvable problem right there. Is like if people don't want to play with you at the local game shop where everybody plays, find some other players to play with. And it seems like they don't want to play with OP either. They don't want to play with right. some zealot. So it's like sweet. I don't play with you. You don't play with me. Eat shit. <laughs> problem solved right like i mean i get like i could see this being a problem if it's like there's only six people that play commander or something like that maybe that's the case but it still seems like a solvable thing to all of the decks that run multiple copies like the, the special like you can have as many x card in your deck i don't think any of them are particularly powerful right yeah. like even even jlk's like shadowborn apostle deck like it got the cool victory on game nights and it spiked the price of the card for everybody. But like, I think that was also a one-off and I, I don't think it's as consistent as that. I mean, it's a cool archetype for a deck and like, it's fun to build around, but like, I don't know why that is so salt inducing. That seems like a solvable problem there too, is like, just play around the deck. This should be doable. I agree. Yeah, I think I said most of my piece on this one, but uh this is awesome i hope this guy has thrumming stone in the deck i hope i, hope, right. I wish to see great success for a rat's deck i'm i'm all for it what he should do is if they don't like him playing a rat's deck he should just be like i heard you guys were really salty and sad about my rat's deck so i turned it into this deck instead and he flips it over persistent petitioners <laughs> <laughs> mill them all out just mill them all baby i love it so i will say Two things. One, some zealot and I chatted a little bit and they wanted me to mention that the rat colony deck has forced their local meta at the LGS where everybody's playing board sweepers now, board ping that. effects. So everybody's <laughs> playing these things that ping down the board and lots of board wipes and deal damage across the board. And it's just amazing. And then the other thing is that I do have a deck list. Oh, thank you. you. Got I was about to ask. Yes. We do have a deck list here. And it is spicy, man. Share it. You got to share it. Yeah, I'll, I'll drop it. Can we get it in the notes for the episode too? Dude, I, I could. We could put it on our mox field. Yeah, definitely ask this person if we can put it on our mox field. That is definitely going to happen. I would love to have this on our mox field. It would be great. And dear listener, it did happen. This is Sam coming in from the editing room. And you can find that list on our mox field page right now. Back to the show. It's it's a spicy deck. I don't think it would be super salt inducing, but it's spicy. But check this. This is a 10 land deck. No, they have basics. The, the description of it says, the description of this deck is, this is in all caps. It's rat, period, rat, 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 period. Rat, 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 rat. I was too lazy to add basics. Oh, Rat. Never mind. <laughs> and then the update says July 27, 2022. Still no basics. Yeah. We will not be adding basic lands in our, our upload to the uh, the Mox field. I think it's still funny that this has like completely warped the meta at their local game shop. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love that. So what do you guys think about the salt rating for this for this post? Mm, this is this is like the pepperoni on the pizza from Pizza Rat. <laughs> uh, you know, this is this is just like this is an interesting kind of salt because this is like a couple stinkers at an LGS, kind of getting outclassed by a deck that that is dope, but really isn't like oppressive. Yeah. I think I saw a Pixar movie about this deck. 
<laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, do you, do you think this OP has like a chef's hat on and there's a little rat under there? <laughs> Secretly as piloted piloting by a the deck? I, I thought that that I was where that so. joke was going, but I wasn't quite sure. It was like, <laughs> yeah, that's where it went. Are you making a ratatouille joke? Is that a yeah. ratatouille joke? It's a ratatouille what's, joke. What's the name okay. of that movie, Mike? Is it Ratatouille Colony? Yeah, it's Ratatouille Colony. and Ratatouille Colony? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what it, the movie is called. And Ratatouille uh, I think that's, that's that's gonna be the deck title. Ratatouille Colony. No, that's not the, the deck title. But I think it's the salt rating for the post. It's a deck that uh everyone else for some reason thinks is garbage, but it's secretly he's serving up greatness, you know? Yeah, uh, exactly. So the other players should should get with the program and get excited about it. Yeah, the other players just don't have the refined palette for this kind of deck. <laughs> and some zealot, we appreciate this. I mean, this yeah. is a dope, dope deck. I really do love it. Um, hey, Mike, I think it is that time of the week. Ooh, boy. I think Ooh-ee. it is, too. It is the time for the salty card of the week. Alrighty. The salty card of this week is Sunder. It is three blue and a blue for an instant. And it says, return all lands to owner's hands. Oh. Oh, fuck blue. (laughs) Thank you for filling for Tony correctly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just another uh, data point that blue as Tony would say, is a trash color for trash people. <laughs> hey, let's not hate on the trash people, you know? Some yeah, we just talked about the rat, deck. rat decks. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Nick, does this card make you salty? Yeah, it does. And honestly, it has nothing to do with the effect. It has to do with the fact that it's a blue card. Because this is like very much a white effect or even mm. a red effect. And blue got it because reasons like the mm-hmm. only thing well, that bounce. Would, it is bounce which i understand but like <laughs> in terms of like mass land removal period that is distinctly in the white and the red category mm. the only thing that would make me more salty is if this was green <laughs> <laughs> because green gets everything <laughs> it's true i think this is the one thing green on, might only have targeted land destruction uh i think green green gets some non-specific permanent removal true yeah i think green does have some targeted land destruction yeah for like individuals but yeah i'll go next yeah sam does this make you salty this definitely makes me salty i totally agree with nick this is color pie breaking like this is kind of shitty to see in blue blue didn't need this effect like, give me a break. Also, the fact that this is an instant, come <laughs> on. Like, that is so unnecessary. At least make it sorcery speed. Five mana for an instant to return all lands is extremely powerful. I mean, we've already talked about Psych Rift and how strong that is as an instant effect to balance everything else. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're like, oh, my opponent is holding up for a Psych Rift. I'll just get ready. And then they're like, Sunder, all your lands are back. <laughs> what if the worst situation happens where they they respond Dual. to their own Psych Rift with a Sunder? <laughs> just like bounce everything. The one saving grace here is that this isn't asymmetrical like yeah. Psych Rift. Even with Psych Rift, which again has a lot of its issues that we've talked about in, in previous episodes, um, even Psych Rift you at least have an opportunity on your next turn to replay a lot of the stuff that was bounced to your hand. You know, at the very least, however much you are able to, based on what land and mana you have available to you, bouncing lands, you're locked into one land per turn, generally speaking, unless you're doing some some fancy shit. That almost is the same as land destruction. Like, you still have to meter out your land and slowly rebuild your board. It's just a weird card. To tie it back to our earlier conversations too, right? Our play group has moved beyond playing symmetrical board wipes. For the that, most part. Sounds, that sounds so... Beyond. We're, we're beyond <laughs> symmetrical so board wipes. It is, it is exactly as pretentious as it sounds because it's true. <laughs> we've ascended. Uh, we've ascended. We've ascended into a different meta, the the ultra high tier meta, which does not remove or does not use symmetrical board wipes because... At a certain point, all they do is make the game longer. 
Mike uses symmetrical board I wipes. Do. Okay, well, <laughs> and I have Mike, no Mike shame. Is, Mike is, you know, D tier. The rest of us are up at S tier. So. <laughs> this is also great because I literally just use an asymmetrical board wipe like the yeah. other day. Too. Yeah, it's so true. I, I will say, like, to, to Nick's point, our group really does value asymmetrical board wipe effects. And, and we've we've talked about it a few times. Like, we our group also values faster games. We have a very limited, I think part of that is our play style. And I think part of that is also that we have a very limited amount of time to play magic every week with each other. And we want to maximize that experience, play a bunch of different decks, get a bunch of different games in. So when it comes to board wipe effects, many of us reach towards those asymmetrical board wipes because those are the board wipes that further your game plan and get you closer to that win. Whereas a symmetrical board wipe is more of a board reset and kind of prolongs the game. There certainly is a place for those. Like if you are super behind, everyone else is ahead, a symmetrical board wipe is, is a great move because it just levels the playing field. But often we are playing those to try to further our own board state. All right, here's a question for you. A little combo, if you will. Would you be less salty or more salty if this was paired with Jingataxius Korogger, reducing <laughs> oh your hand size to zero? <laughs> <Like that. laughs> I would be more salty. What is that? <laughs> but then at least the game's kind of over, right? Yeah, I would be conceding. I, I think I would. Yeah. That would be, you know, that would that would be a concession from me. Because I mean, like you, totally. you have it locked at that point, right? You you're able to keep your lands and rebuild quicker than everybody else is. They're forced to dump. Yeah, I, I'm out. <laughs> Started. Yeah, game. you won. I'm, cool. I mean, again, <laughs> like we talk about this a lot. But I don't think that these effects are as salt-inducing when they feed directly into a win. If you cast this type of effect, whether that's a, a mass land destruction effect or you know Sunder, which is balancing all the lands, some sort of land destruction, if you are doing that in an asymmetrical way that leads to a win that is within one to two turns following that, that's fine. Because we can all see it on the horizon. There's kind of no point in playing it out. Like if you Sunder and then Teferi's Protection, and then we all get our shit bounced and you come back around, you're like, hey, still got my board. I'm just going to outclass you guys. Cool. You, you won. You know, it's a great combo. So here's a follow-up question to that. You, you on the opposite side of the battlefield to this landing, what is your thought process of do I concede or do I play it through? Right? Like, I think that's an interesting discussion. And this is both on the game and on the board, but also on the like meta and group as well as like, yes, we could try to play this out or we can just scoop and go for a new one and maybe get another game or two in versus trying to to linger on this one. I'm, I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on like what your evaluation is there. I play it through, you know, I won, if nothing else, to see if the person that cast it has a game plan. Because if they don't, I want to be able to make fun of them for it. But exactly. if they do, I want to give them kudos. And I think overall, like, you know, you still have your boards, you can still play the game, you're not completely locked out, you're just the first part of your turn every, every turn is going to be land go for a while or like land do the rest of my turn mm -hmm. for a while. I think honestly, compared to some of the other wipes we've seen the amount that this sets the actual game progress back is significantly reduced compared to the other things. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think uh, this of all the wipes we've seen, this is the least likely for me to get really salty about, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I would still get salty about it because it's annoying and I don't like the effect, <laughs> but you, you play it through because it, it is symmetrical. The person who cast it, unless they have an overwhelming board state or like a shit ton of mana rocks or some kind of synergy that we already talked about, everybody is set back equally here, but it really is board state dependent. And I think you just play it out. Often you'll probably have some rocks. You'll probably have some value on board anyways that you can continue to accumulate value on your side. You're going to slowly ramp up into some of the cards in your hand. And like Mike said, you know, shame that person into never playing the card again. <laughs> <laughs> You're building your deck wrong. Objectively yeah. <laughs> incorrect to put you, that card in the deck. You are bad. All right. Well, I think that's it for the salty card of the week then. Well, thanks, Mike. That was great. And that is it for our episode this week, everybody. Thanks again to Nick for jumping on and filling in for Tony. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Appreciate Nick. it, man. 
And in our next episode, Mike is going to be gone. Tony will be back from Italy and Mike is going to be floating down a river in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll miss you, Hopefully Mike. Hopefully not floating down a river. That sounds like I'm about to go die in a river somewhere. But... Floating face down, <laughs> down a river. There will be a canoe involved, I swear. It's a canoe accident, actually, uh, that causes... <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Please this is like some safe. Final Destination shit going on. Yeah, yeah, it's a truck full of logs. And the <laughs> ring was lost for a thousand years. <laughs> Thanks again for jumping on, everybody. We really do appreciate it. I shouted this out a few episodes back and I'll continue to do it. But again, we just really appreciate the outpouring of support that we've had for the show so far. It's been super exciting just to see that other people enjoy these kind of salty situations and, and laughing at them and laughing at ourselves a little bit and, and, and talking about table dynamics as much as we do. Every listen counts. We get notes and, and emails from followers who really appreciate the show. And we read every single thing you guys send us and, uh, and we chat about it and we just kind of celebrate every little victory there. So it really helps for, for small creators like us. Uh, if, if you dig the show, like tell some of your friends, you know, subscribe, obviously do all those things like five-star reviews on whatever you're listening is crazy and helps out more than you know. Um, but really just word of mouth, getting the word out, getting other people into the show. We are dropping new episodes weekly on Thursdays. We're also posting on the EDH and Magic TCG subreddits on Thursdays. I really do my best to keep up with those. Sometimes those posts get so flooded with responses, which again is amazing, but it's just hard to, to keep up with every single one of them. If you guys do want to follow us uh, even more so, you know, we got an Instagram account that's pretty active. You can follow us on Reddit. Uh, we are the Howling Salt Mine on both of those things on Instagram and on Reddit. Follow us, message us if you got salty stories. You can DM those to us on Reddit or feel free to email us at our Gmail, thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. And of course, we ask you every single week to keep those short, sweet, and to the salt. If you do want to send us a slightly longer story, just know that we may have to cut that down uh, to fit the format of the show. When we have those, we do love to hear like the critical cards that are really affecting that salt. And, uh, you know, so we can kind of break it down and talk about those. Do you guys have anything to plug? I do. Nick, hit us, man. Uh it will probably be too late by the time this airs, but I am actually playing live music with my other very expensive hobby, which is synthesizers. Uh, I'm going to be playing at the new England synth fest at the, uh, Boston museum of science next week, uh, August 11th. So it might be too late by the time this airs, but, uh, if not, you guys can catch me on Instagram or YouTube. I am build.music on both of those. Smash that subscribe button. Get get those up dudes coming my way. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't dabble as much as Nick anymore, but I am also a lover of, of synthesizer music. And Nick produces some great stuff. It's really a treat to listen to. So follow him on YouTube and you can get a lot of his, uh, his streams and, and jams and things like that that he puts out. It's really dope shit. Totally. Mike, you got anything? Plug that, plug that stream, man. Yeah. So that's kind of funny because by the time I'm back, this episode might be airing. So I'm going to be, he'll gone. be in a literal stream. Yeah. In a, in a <laughs> stream. Um, no, I'll, I'll be gone yeah. for all of August, but starting September again, I'm planning on picking the stream back up. Um, this season of July, I hit uh, rank 77 on limited for mythic. So I'm going to try and get back up there and, uh, on next season. So starting September, stop by the stream. It'll probably be two to five on, on most weekdays. So that's uh twitch.tv slash silo Turk. Uh, and again, we'll put it somewhere. I don't know. It'll be somewhere in a link somewhere, maybe. So, uh, just <laughs> check it out on, on Twitch and flame me for playing poorly. <laughs> <laughs> that's half the fun. It really is. And I just want to plug, uh, I mentioned this in the last episode, but I just want to plug the Battle Standard Tabletop Game and Hobby. It is a LGS in East Windsor, Connecticut. And they're just super supportive of our show there. My friend Jared owns that store. Um, they've got a great community for EDH, for tabletop miniature games. If you're into like Warhammer 40K, it's just a really good crew, a great store. Just want to shout out Jared and, and all the good stuff that they're doing down there. 
And that's it for us this week, everybody. Thanks again. This is a, a little bit of a long one, and I appreciate you guys hanging on with us. And as always, stay salty and don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the howling What Tony does at the end of the episode. Yeah, man. I know. I'm sure You're like so spot on. <laughs> uh, so good.